0: You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode
1: 96. the dope game destroyed my use. Now Kim Jones, do you want my suits? His hey, money is the evil root. Let the smoke go
0: shine, the coots. Rich bitches love the boost. I'm just here to find the truth. And kilograms no is the proof. I done stole cool the golden goose. I got 'em, baby, I'm Jim Perdue. Welcome, welcome to episode number 96 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Denzel, and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports Thank you to everyone who's active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there who've been battling this COVID still. And finally, thank you to everyone who is out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very 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 important please do not forget your boy denzel has official bronx bias podcast merchandise available for purchase and the brand new bronx bias blog the site where all of this is available is at bronxbiaspod.com come check it out I've got hoodies, I've got t-shirts, tote bags, masks, and stickers, along with the brand new blog, which will serve as an extension of the podcast. The blog will be a space where I can discuss certain topics I couldn't cover on the show, or where I can discuss certain topics that had to be edited out of the show for reasons like too much time. I've got four pieces published on there right now, and I'll be trying to publish one new piece per month. Also, and this is very, very, very important, the Bronx Bias Blog is an open platform. If you are a writer or artist of any kind and you would like to display or publish your work somewhere, the Bronx Bias Blog could be the place for you. Whether it's an op-ed piece, some poetry, a drawing or painting, music, or any other art form, please Just hit a brother up and we can possibly work together and get your stuff out there. You do not, I repeat, you do not have to be from the Bronx to have your work published to the blog. So please feel free and reach out. And as I've said for 1 million and more times on this podcast, I'm an independent potter from the BXNY. So all the support I can receive on the merchandise and the blog is super, super, super important to the to the health and the vitality of the show. So please go and check it out. Once again, the site is BronxBiasPod.com for the podcast merchandise and for the blog. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by a legendary hip hop artist, a legendary MC. And I'm calling it right now This is the album of the year. I don't need to hear anything else for the rest of 2022 to say this. This is the album of the year. Today's intro is called Let the Smokers Shine the Coops by Pusha T. Off of the album it's Almost Dry. And I don't know how this guy does it, man. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he can rap about the same subject matter and make it sound fly, make it sound hot these bars still be hitting Kanye and Pharrell went absolutely nuts on this production did you hear that beat like oh my goodness such a great album such a great project like I love to see my rappers who I loved listening to as a child age well like it's amazing like seeing Jadakiss still rapping elitely is amazing seeing Pusha still rap elitely is amazing seeing Jay-Z still rap nah still rapping elitely is amazing so i love this i love this style of hip-hop the most just no hooks and bar you up for two minutes straight three minutes straight that's always gonna have a special place in my heart shout out to push a t man this album is so good if you have not heard it what are you waiting for as soon as this podcast ends today, I suggest you go and listen to it because you will not be disappointed. Shout out to the God Pusha T from Virginia, but born in the Bronx. You know I can't let that slide. Shout out to the <laughs> shout out to the BX born God Pusha T, and this great album is almost dry. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite. Favorite, favorite, favorite segment of the podcast, and it is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people. Come from the Bronx, New York. So without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is Wall Works, New York, is a contemporary art gallery in the South Bronx dedicated to bringing art back uptown. Wall Works is dedicated to showcasing new and exciting art from both emerging as well as established artists, mixing downtown sensibilities with uptown style. And it is also a great place for exploration. This gallery is a passion project of legendary graffiti pioneer Crash and entrepreneur Robert Cantor. Wallworks seeks to remind people of the rich culture of the Bronx and encourages everyone to take a trip uptown. For more information on Wallworks, you can visit their website at wallworksny.com. And that is your Bronx fact. For episode number 96 damn son where'd you find this all right all right we're getting right to it today we have a very 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 special guest it's only special guest to appear here on the Bronx Bias podcast today we have special guest Berkia Holman-Davis who is an entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, an author, and the founder of Verkia Speaks Incorporated. Verkia, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me today. How are you?
1: Hi, Giselle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing pretty good. Busy as always, because there's always something to do. (laughs) That's right. That's
0: right. So I'll give you guys a little insight. I met Verkia at broken land tv and amyc kid premiere shout out to omar and ty both have had episodes on the bronx wives podcast and we were sitting next to each other and we were just talking like two old friends you know who each other (laughs) in 15 years yep and i'm like man i should have rakia on the show like it's great how things just fall into your lap so i'm very happy to have you here rakia
1: i'm happy to be here i'm happy to be here
0: Yes. Yes. So Verkia, can you tell the people where are some of the places that you can be reached if they want to get in contact with you or see all of the work that you're doing out here?
1: Absolutely. So um, again, my name is Verkia and I am the founder of Verkia Speaks Inc. And you can go to Verkia Speaks with an S.com and see all that we're doing on our website, or you can go to LinkedIn and type in Verkia Speaks. And um, on IG, you can also find us there, Verkia underscore Speaks. And then um, because I'm an author, I have a separate page on Instagram and that one is Harlem Book Girl. And because I'm a Harlem girl and I write books. so um, And you can also find us on Facebook at Verkia Speaks. So those are the ways you can get in contact with us, find out what we're doing, ask questions. If you need to email us, you can email us at VerkiaSpeaks1 at gmail.com. And I promise to do my best to get back to you in a timely fashion.
0: All right, great. You know, we got to make sure people know where to find you. Can't have you on here. We (laughs) have a great combo and they're like, okay, well, where can I find her now? So we got to make sure you we we know let the people know where to find you.
1: Absolutely. And if all else fails, you can type my name into Google. And everything comes up. It's crazy. Like, do you ever Google yourself? It's so crazy how everything comes up. So if you Google and you put my first name, V-E-R-K-E-Y-A, that every, all of that information will come up specifically the website. Um, And if you, even if you go to Eventbrite and type my name in, our gala, you know, um, event comes up. So there's so many different ways to find us.
0: All right. Great. So now that you spoke of the gala, can you tell me and the audience a little bit about what's your upcoming fundraising gala about, you know, how did it get started and what's the goal and what you expect to uh, be the result of it?
1: Oh boy, that's a loaded question and a whole lot of information. So first I will say, um, Our nonprofit started in 2021, and we um, were able to give away our first scholarship to a young lady who is from Harlem, New York, and um, graduated from Thurgood Marshall Academy, and she's actually completing her first um, year of college. I'm so excited, at Morgan University. So Anaya was our first scholarship recipient, and next year, you know, I said to the board, next year we should... um, try to give away three scholarships. So we've grown from one to three scholarships. I had um, scholarships in mind, like specifically what they were going to be about. But I was like, we got to do something big to fundraise. So since we wanted to introduce our nonprofit to the world, I said, well, let's have a gala. Unfortunately, my mom's birthday party in 2020 got canned because of COVID. So I already had put down money on a space at um, Grand Slam Ballroom on 145th and Broadway. And I was like, well, I guess we should use this for the gala. So that's kind (laughs) of how that happened. Um, So our gala is going to take place on June 4th um, at 7 p.m. Like I said, you can go on Eventbrite, type in Verkia. And the event comes up. You can buy tickets. Um, If you want to buy a table, you have a group of people who want to get together and buy a table. You can totally do that. Um, If you know people who are interested in donating money to various organizations um, specifically to help young women of color get to college and vocational training programs, feel free to share the information with them. And they can go ahead and do some sponsorship there, or you can go directly to our website and click the donate now button as well. So there's so many ways to support us. Tickets for the gala specifically are hundred dollars. Um, We are so excited because Miss Melba Wilson of Melba's in Harlem is going, yeah, she's going to be our Berkia Speaks Notable Woman of the Year, and I'm really excited about that. She has a way with young people, the way she speaks to them and just shares about her experiences and her hope for the next generation. And so we wanted to honor a a New York City gem, right? A Harlem gem. And I I thought it would be only appropriate to to, um, have her do that and she gladly accepted the award. So we're excited about that. We also have secured Senator Cordell Clear, who's going to come out and present one of our awards to our young lady. So I'm really excited about so many of the awards and just coming together. Like we've been, you know, separated for so long for various reasons, specifically COVID, but then, um, you know, with that came a lot of different things. And this is an opportunity for people to get really dressed up, to walk the red carpet, be a star for the evening, and just have a good time, dance, have a have some libations, honor the young ladies, honor Miss Melba, and just really enjoy each other's company and just let everybody know. Verkia Speaks is here. We're here for the community. We um serve the five boroughs or women of color. And yeah that's why we're doing this gala
0: well listen if you weren't sold on coming to this (laughs) gala before (laughs) then i don't know what will sell you on coming out to the gala now that was Uh,
1: fully like
0: (laughs) fully explained fully explained and that's great i'm glad to be able to you know have you share that on the show so more people can have an opportunity to go out but what were you saying
1: I was just going to say that also, um, we wanted to incorporate some local talent. So we have push dance and they're going to come out and be our talent for the evening. And that's, that's always my goal to promote young women of color who are doing positive things. And so I reached out to their, their group leader and they were, um, they were more than willing to come out. So that's going to be super exciting because we get to see these young ladies who are going to different competitions, you know, show their stuff. We've got some local, um, photographers a DJ you know people that I've worked with previously and I'm always trying to promote people of color and you know and employ them because that's important to me
0: yes yes it's very important so you touched on it a little bit in your uh answer about the gala but my first question for you is what inspired you to start your entrepreneurial career and your movement with Verkia Speaks Inc
1: um so I am a woman who has gone through lots of different things in her life, right? I'm a New York City native. I'm a Harlem girl. I've lived here my whole life. I literally am raising my son, my biggest job, um, in the uh, apartment that I grew up in. And so, um, that's, that's something that's super important to me in my home education and God were the important things. Right. And so, um, in trying to become a mother, I went through some difficulties. I had, I went through infertility. I went through fertility treatments. And, um, in that process, I also went through two miscarriages and child loss. So I had a stillborn and, um, I felt very alone during that period because I didn't know a whole lot of people who were going through it, except for the other women in the clinic. But in the clinic, you go in the morning, nobody's really talking. You just go to your appointment and you leave. Very very seldom were there conversations happening. And I wanted to create community and um, conversation around these things. So that's how Rakia Speaks started. Um, I had my first event in 2018 after talking to my good friend, Sue, we were just talking. I was like, what if I did something where we came together and we had like a panel and talked about like, you know, child loss and infertility. And so I had three beautiful women in my life come out and sit on the panel. Um, And my mom is a true inspiration. Because for many years she's been a nurse and she continues to be a nurse, but she specifically works in the labor and delivery unit um, as a nurse and as an administrator for many years. So um, we had that event and then it just kept going and it just kept going. I started doing other kinds of events and then I, I wanted to do something for the young women because I had so many mentors and people who poured into me. And so we did um, our Young Women's um, Empowerment Workshop Series, and that started in 2020. The unfortunate part is that we were never able to finish it because of the pandemic. And so after that, we kind of had to pivot and I went and did a lot of, um, you know, online talks and events and it was like, you know, lift black voices. How do we talk about things that people are going through, women are going through, women of color specifically. And that was, that was very fun and a good way to connect with folks during the pandemic. Um, and so then I was like, you know what, this is becoming bigger than what I anticipated, I don't know where I should go next. And I have been thinking, do I do a nonprofit? You know, do I just stay as a community organization? What do I do? And I talked to some folks and, you know, had some different conversations and realized, okay, it was time to take it to the next level. And I found a board and went through that process. And then the board helped to do all of the necessary things to, um, become a five Oh, 1C3 always mix all of those numbers and letters <laughs> <laughs> but we finally we did that and so in 2021 we, we became Verkia Speaks Inc and we've just been you know running out the gate ever since. And so, you know, prior to becoming a nonprofit organization, we were already already doing work in a community. But since then, you know, we've definitely taken on a different kind of tone because we are now, you know, an official nonprofit organization. So yes.
0: So let me ask you a question, um, just that came to my head. Do you feel like the work that you're doing? came to you, like, did you feel like that work chose you? Or do you feel like you chose it?
1: Ooh, you touched on something super huge that I always say. So I grew up in church. I literally am attending the same church I've gone to my whole entire life. Um, And in that conversation that I had with my friend Sue, I said, I think the work that God has for me is outside of the church. It's not Inside the walls of the church is in the community, um, and not that my church doesn't go out into community because they definitely do, but he has something very specific and different for me to do. Um, like I said, going through infertility and child loss was really hard and daunting, um, and there were so many people whom once I started talking about it would inbox me and go, I went through that too. Thank you for sharing. You know, I never had the courage to talk about that. I never had the courage to, to say this or say that. Um, one of my closest friends, cause I also live with lupus. Um, and one of my, my loopy sisters, you know, she's not a talker. She's not going to be the one to go in front and say, you know, this is my story. Right. But, I've given voice to women who live with lupus, you know, and specifically women who've gone through fertility treatments and pregnancy with lupus. So, you know, um, people have reached out to me around that. Like, can you tell me what your experiences was like? What what do you think I should do? How do I, what questions do I ask my doctors? And I, you know, it's always confirmation for me when somebody says thank you for sharing or this happens to me. And, you know, I I appreciate that you're talking about this. So it's definitely creating community. And that's what I think is super important.
0: Yes, it is super important. And I actually got question because, you know, we just we're, were emerging from the COVID pandemic. And a lot of people have noticed and realized that the work that they were doing, or the fields that they were in, weren't the fields that they really loved or really saw like you know, real joy from or got validation mm-hmm. from beyond yeah. a paycheck. Right. And I went through that same thing too. You know, when I first started the pod, I was just like, I want to do something different. I don't want to yeah. keep doing what I've been doing. So I actually, that because, you know, we all think that these things are just randomly happening to us, but they're not. Like they, this has been, you know, you've been on this track for so long and you just now realizing it. And yeah. so, you know, it's good to hear it from other people that. You know what you are on this planet to do is gonna come to you, or and if it hasn't, it will.
1: Yeah, nothing is by happenstance. I'm a social worker by trade. Um, that's what I'm licensed in. I'm a licensed master social worker, and my nine to five and my my nonprofit and my personal they all converge, right? Like you can't turn it off. You know, being a social worker, you can't turn it off, and so um, while you know. Verkia Speaks is my nonprofit and it's personal to me. It's still me doing social work, right? So like that thing that God had for me and that thing that, you know, even being called to be a social worker wasn't by happenstance either. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's something in us that draws us to wherever we go in our careers and in our lives. And sometimes it takes some of us longer to get there. You know, um, I, I really am always under the belief that there's always time to pivot. Yes. No matter how old you get. Yes. There's always room for change. There's always room for new opportunity. There's always time to pivot.
0: Yes, I, I agree with that 100% as well. I do. I 100% agree with that. So my next question for you, Vakia, is what do you want to convey or what do you want your overall message to be with the movement of your nonprofit? Or even what do you want people to get as your message when they see you doing the work that you do out in the community?
1: Um, hmm. I really want people to know that there's always community if you look for it. Mm. Community is so important to me. Um. I was raised in the village mentality and I'm always trying to continue to create that mentality, right? Women, women of color specifically hold a different burden in this country. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, you know, as women, we have to hold each other up. There's no way. I always tell people you can't do things in isolation. That's not realistic. There's no way you're going to make it in life by yourself. Um, My favorite poem, and it wasn't always, but I've always loved Maya Angelou. She's my favorite. She, her poetry has influenced me from the moment I started reading her writing. Um, But there's a poem alone. And a part of the poem says, alone, alone, nobody out there can make it out there alone. You can't live in the world by yourself. You can't live in isolation. And I really just want to create community for women of color in the five boroughs, whether they are 95 years old or they're three years old, or they haven't even been born yet, right? Um, And so whatever you're going through, there's always somebody else that has experienced it before. One of my favorite scriptures is there's nothing new under the sun, right? So everybody has gone through things. There's somebody out there for you to talk to. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You don't have to be all by yourself. And it's okay not to be okay, you know? And so for me, it's always just wanting people to know that there is community. And if you need somebody, maybe I'm not the person who can help. But I can always find out who is. There's always somebody out there. And so just letting people know that the community is available. All you have to do is ask.
0: Well, I I have a follow up again to that. So you said, you know, um, that you don't have to handle things by yourself. You don't have to be alone. Did it take you some time to figure that out, like in your process? Because when I started the show, I felt like I had to do everything by myself. Like, I have to be on top of everything. I have to be the number one option, the number two option, and the number three option. Like, I just... And then over time, when I kept that mentality, I realized, like, I'm messed up. Like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overworked. I'm I'm going crazy. And I had to reach out and get help from other people, people who have been there before, people who are in my situation, or people who just know what it's like to try something like this.
1: Absolutely. So, Mm-hmm. All of that, all of those <laughs> things, right? Um, I think as a woman of color with you know, I was taught to be a strong woman, you could do it independent, yeah, all of that good stuff. right, that's nice. How be ever <laughs> That's not gonna work out, right? Um, because I live with chronic illness, I have to be careful how much I take on. Um, my board members are always ready to step in and that's what they're there for. Um, They always remind me, you don't have to do this alone. That's what we're here for. Ask us, throw us a task. And so, you know, I try to remember that when, when, good example this morning, uh, um, a high school friend of mine sent me some information. I forwarded it to two of my board members who I thought, you know, could read, read it over, handle it. And I was like, hey, can you guys review this? Um, somebody sent this to us. See if we qualify. See if it helps. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I was already working on something. So I didn't necessarily want to stop what I was doing to jump into reading about that. So I just forwarded the information. You can't, you can't do it alone. It's not realistic. And like I said, somebody else has already done it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Like right. I've, I've had people who have advised me a good friend of mine, um, Tariq, he has his own nonprofit active plus. Um, and I called him and asked questions, you know, he's, he's funny because the, a, a couple of weeks ago I was talking to him about something and he, he texts me, you're doing this wrong. The gala should be the first thing that people see on the website. Change that, fix it, and quickly, you know. But it was in love, right? It was like I know how. I know how hard this can be. I know the pitfalls. I know the mistakes. I don't want you to make those same mistakes. So let me give you some information, some advice about how to do this. You know, um, we've had in our board meetings, we've had to pull people in from other places who had different expertise to give us information. We don't know everything. You know, um, one of our board members, he just graduated from, um, Columbia university, um, in, in, um, nonprofit management. He was one of the first people I talked to. Why not? (laughs) You just graduated. All the information is fresh in your head. So, you know, you have to really, really think of what am I good at? Right. What am I not good at? Who are those people who get? I I do know a little bit about computers. I do know a little bit about websites, but web design is not my thing. Let me go ask some questions, right? So I think that's important, and you're absolutely right. You, I've had to learn to relinquish responsibility. Can't do it all. No way in the world. You,
0: you you will go crazy. You'll end up in a psych hospital or. End up, you know, in the hospital with exhaustion or any something like that, dehydration, like you a lupus will. flare up, yeah, <laughs> a
1: lupus flare up. And I'm a mom, so you know, I have to be conscious that I have somebody else to care for. I can't, I can't do everything. You know, um, I get invited out to a lot of things, but I can't always go because I don't always have somebody to watch Kate. Right. You know, so it, it's a, it's a, a pick and choose sometimes what I can and cannot attend. And so, you know, sometimes you got to send a representative.
0: That's true. Very true. (laughs) Very true. Got to talk to my people. Sometimes you can't talk to me. right? And and you need that. And you need someone, a proxy or someone who is just authorized to speak on your behalf or speak on what's going on with you or what's going on with your foundation. Absolutely. So, Now, you know, we've touched on some of the obstacles that we face as entrepreneurs and as independent people, Mm -hmm. but for you with the nonprofit, what were some of the shortcomings or obstacles that you had to overcome when you first started? And now what are some of the obstacles that you are facing currently?
1: I think the biggest obstacle getting started was not knowing whether I wanted to do the paperwork to become a nonprofit and did all of the things that it would take to become a nonprofit. I contemplated that for a good year before I really pushed forward with it. Mm. Um, And then now the big part now is trying to get people to know who we are. Mm -hmm. because you don't qualify for certain things. If your brand spanking new, nobody knows you. Who are you? Why are you trying to get my money? You know, why should I come to your event? Why should I speak on your panel? You know, they're like, what are you really about? You know, and a lot of people have spoken on my panels or been a part of Rakia Speaks because they know me personally, but the people who are grant funders and those kind of folks, they, they don't, we haven't been in existence long enough for them to say, oh, here's $1,000, here's $10,000, right? Like You have to be in existence and build up a, um, a reputation before people are willing to come out of their pockets, right? Um, but one thing I will say is that just do the work, because that's what Tariq said to me. Just do the work and everything will fall into place. And so, you know, what Verkia Speaks has been doing and myself and my board members is doing the work, right? Um, Having the conversations online. Um, We just recently hosted a paint and sit for um, a pre-Mother's Day kind of event. Um, And it was wonderful. So much rich conversation came from it. And it was virtual. But... um, it was a beautiful experience. And so if you just do the work, then everything else will flow behind it. And so the biggest challenge right now is just getting our name out there, um, letting people know who we are, finding platforms where people like this, who are willing to say, Hey, who are you? What are you about? How can I share your story? What does that look like? And so um, again, you can't do it alone. And sometimes you go to events, and you sit next to a fabulous person who has a podcast and he's like, hey, come be on my podcast, right? And so that's how you do the work and, and try to get yourself out there. So yes, I mean, advertising can be tough because it's expensive. So mm-hmm. like trying to do big advertising, you know, in different venues. We live in New York City. I would love to have an advertisement on, um, on, on MTA, but that costs right. a lot of money. Right you know, um, trying to advertise in different other platforms cost a lot of money and we're not there yet. And so, you know, the hope and the goal is that somebody somewhere will hear what we're doing and say, Hey, we want to donate to your (laughs) cause.
0: Now, do you find that getting your name out there was more difficult than all the, the, uh, paperwork and all the, uh, you know, written work and all the clerical work that you had to do, like is is spreading the name Verkia speaks harder than certifying the name Burkia speaks. I guess is what I'm trying to ask.
1: Um. So I'm gonna be very honest. One of our board members, Kiana, rocked it. Mm. She, she said, "This is what I need from you." I gave it to her, and she did it.
0: Shout out to Kiana.
1: I, <laughs> exactly. You can't do it by yourself. And I don't want to do paperwork. I do enough paperwork (laughs) as a social worker. Um, But Kiana was just like, okay, just give it to me. I got it. And she did it. Um, And so there were some other things that needed to be done. We did our first annual report. Kiana did that. She said, this is what I need from you. We had a couple of phone calls. Um, You know, it's various different things. I try to stay away from that. I just let the people, you know, my treasurer, I inform her, <laughs> like, for her, my, finance, my financial, I'm like, listen, Carlene, this is what I did. This is what I'm about to do. And then I let her handle the rest. You know, she does the reporting to the whole board in and of itself. Getting the name out there, I think, is difficult because there's so many nonprofits, Right. And some of them have been around for years. And I know that because as a social worker, I've worked for nonprofits. So, you know, the, especially in New York City, New York City has a lot of services, right? We're service-driven city, state, especially in the city. Um, so there's a lot of competition out there. And so I do think getting the name out there is probably more difficult because you want people to buy into the work that you're doing. And I think that takes time. And um, you know, some people are driven by certain different things, right? So, say for instance, there's somebody that hears that I'm an advocate for lupus, they may want to donate because they hear that. Um, somebody may hear that I'm an advocate, you know, for fertility and infertility and child loss or whatever the case may be, and that may spark something, you know. So people have different interests. And I've always known this to be true as a, a person who's given to various different organizations is personal to people, you know, and so that's what drives them to say, you know what, I want to support this particular thing or this particular group because it's personal in some way, shape or form. So yeah, I think getting the name out there is, is probably more difficult.
0: What have you learned in the process of, of promoting yourself from the beginning to now? Like what, what, what has changed for you? So when the beginning, of course, is fresh, it's new, and you start from zero. But now that you've elevated slightly, what do you see as the more difficulties in that field now?
1: For me per- personally, I've had to be more brave and more courageous. Mm-hmm. I love to talk. <laughs> and you know that because you sat next <laughs> to me for a couple of hours. I have no issues with that. But talking to people who have stature and asserting myself in those kind of ways takes a little bit more work. People think networking is easy. It really is not. It's very difficult. You know, um I'm a person who likes to start things in an organic kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a little bit more for me to say, "Hi, my name is. This is what I'm about." This you know, you have to kind of do like your one, your 30 second promo, right? Cause people don't want to talk to you forever. If you can get them in that quick 30 seconds and hook them, then you've got them. And I've had to learn to do that 30 minute spiel and it's really hard, you know? Um, but yes, that is always going to be hard for me because while I'm a chatty Kathy in that kind of way, in in the networking aspects and selling myself, that's a very different ball of wax. And so I'm still learning how to do that effectively.
0: Well, listen, it worked with me. Okay. (laughs) I was was sitting there. I was like, yo, man, do I have a proposition for you?" you? You know, I was, I was hooked. Okay. I'm a chatty Cathy too. I was hooked. I was like, Well, they sat me down next to the right person. Right person,
1: right? (laughs) I was like, "Where?" Everything happens for a reason. My son was supposed to come with me, but I was like, "I need a night, so you stay home with dad." And that—that's how we ended up sitting next to each other. So it completely worked out. Completely worked out.
0: I don't ask questions. I just I'm happy with the results.
1: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. So my
0: next question for you, Rikia, is. What advice would you give to a young person who, wanted, who came out to you and said they want to start their own business, they want to start their own creation or their own movement? What's some great advice for the young people out there?
1: I would tell them to really think on it, write some stuff down, be specific, um, start with a mission. What do you want to come out of it? What do you think you want it to evolve? And I, I will always say this. What you write down initially is not always what it'll end up being. It may morph into other things. It may change into other things. Um, You might find yourself in spaces that you didn't think it would go, right? So just write down some very basic, this is my idea. This is what I want to do. Who can I get to support me in this? What does that look like? um, who's done this before that could give me some advice on it, you know, and, and go from there. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I continue to ask questions. Um, I'm always putting myself in position to learn. And so you have to always be open for constructive criticism, you know, um, and ask questions like, how can I make this better? What does that look like to make this better? Um, and that's, that's the, the best way, I think, it to go. Write some stuff down. Have what you want it to be. Ask some other folks how they can help you. I think those are the key points.
0: So um, do you have a lot of people, a lot of young people involved with your foundation? So
1: we have right now... Because of COVID, that kind of changed a lot of things. Our goal is in the fall to get back out there and really do some more in-person things. Um, we're going to bring our um, young, um, young women's empowerment back. And so we're um, looking to connect with some schools so that we can get into some schools. So um, I'm hoping... And this month, I actually will have a meeting with a charter school, actually two charter schools that um, I've connected with and see if we can get the workshop series in the school um, and see how that goes. I think that's a good way to get your name out there, make some of those connections that I was talking about. um, And, you know. If you know people in certain areas then you ask them hey how can we make that connection so that's kind of what i've been doing um and that's really where we're going to go so we'll we're trying to bring the young people back in at the gala we will have the young ladies who are receiving the scholarships there they are invited to come out and enjoy the evening with us and receive their scholarships so that's important so people can see like these are the young people who we are supporting, you know, and it's not like this ominous thing, like, oh, we're giving money. Well, who are these young folks? The young lady who won last year will also be joining us with her mom. And so it's really exciting because we'll be all in the same space. It'll give opportunity for some pictures and things of that nature. We also have our spring journal giveaway that we just recently, um, you know, had nominations for. So we've got a couple of names and we're going to send those young ladies, um, Mugs from Ty uh, NYC kid that say a very do- a very dope girl is um, sipping from this mug. Me, the dope girl. Um, we also are giving them journals from um, Dear Black Girl, which is another black owned business. And then um, they'll get Verkia speaks teas. I'm also trying to get something extra special to throw in there because I am I love to read and because I'm an author, I want to give them a book. Um, and there's a book that I just learned about by Jacqueline Woodson. I can't think of the title off the top of my head, but it's of course about being a young black girl. So, um, you know, we're reaching out and making those connections. we, And last year we gave um, two young women who um, went away to college. We sent them like a little care package just to let them know somebody was thinking about them. I went away to school. I went to Lincoln University and my auntie would come. She lived in Maryland and she would my freshman year. She drove over and brought me a big box full of stuff, you know, and it's always nice to get a present in the mail. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we're going to bring that back this fall where we can send some young women. Who have gone away to um, college, who are native New Yorkers, send them a little care package. Hey, we're thinking about you, do well this semester. We're so proud of you. You've gotten into college and, and we're excited about that. So that's our goal, you know, making these connections for the young and old. Um, I also have some other ideas about future things we want to do to support mothers um, and babies. And so it's a lot of, you know, ideas, but I always tell my board. Stop me if I'm trying to do too much, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm serious because I have 50 million ideas, but I don't want us to go do too much too soon. And then things fail. You know, you do a little at a time and you build it up and then it becomes a staple. So, yes.
0: So what what have you seen that the people or the young people, I should say, in your who get involved with your foundation? what do they really resonate with about you or what do they really resonate about with um, in relation to like what you're about, like what really draws them in and keeps them there?
1: I think they always feel like there's somebody they can come to to ask questions with, you know, and talk to about things. I saw one of our young ladies who participated in our um, workshop series initially on Sunday. And I said to her, how you been? I haven't seen you, what you, what's up with you? And she was like, well, I decided I'm gonna go to BMCC. And then, if I do well for two years, then I wanna transfer to Penn State. I said, fine, that's wonderful. You got a plan. That's all I asked, have a plan. But it was a conversation with somebody outside of the family that she could have, right? Um, Anaya, our scholarship recipient from last year, she text messaged me randomly one day I need help with my resume. <laughs> like, okay, you know, but it's somebody they know they can reach back to. Who can I ask questions to? How can I, you know, make these connections? And that's the thing. My hope is, is that moving forward, the young women that we do our workshop series with, um, because they're young and they're like, in 10th and 11th grade, that by the time they get to 12th grade, they'll apply for our scholarships and they know that they can always say, oh, I can go ask for Kia or somebody else on the board a question, or there's somebody that I could talk to, or I know Vakia could hook me up with somebody who will help me with this, that, or the third. You know, it's it's about that creating community and letting them know that there are people outside of their family and outside of their school community and in the larger community that they could go to and get assistance from. So, yeah.
0: Okay. I like it, man. I like it. I think that is great stuff. And I, I think that especially because I can draw back to my own experience. It was always good to know that you can speak to someone who, who you wouldn't really feel like would judge you or look at you in a different way, or their, your, their perception of you wouldn't change if you told them a certain thing or two, that was always Absolutely. important to have. So I think that what you're doing, giving them that opportunity is like, Having a, 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 you know, a cool aunt, you know, who just could come around and tell you, you know, nah, girl, you shouldn't be doing that. Or nah, I would do things this way. You know how exactly. your mama get, or, you know, exactly. something like that. Just someone that you can Confiding. feel very comfortable with, mm-hmm. confide in it. And also someone who is not that close to you, like your mother or like, yeah. you know, your sister or teacher. But has
1: your best interest at heart. Yes. Yes. That, and that that's key. I have your best interest at heart. You know, you could be safe. Mm-hmm. If you need help, you're going to be okay. And I always tell young people, I won't divulge any information, not unless it's life-threatening to your parents. But that's me as a social worker, right? So I have to always remember that. Like, if you're, not, if it's, if you're in danger or harm to yourself or somebody else, then we have to tell your mom or your guardian or whomever. Um, but other than that, secrets are safe here,
0: you know? That's right, that's good, that's good. So for Kia, my next question for you is, what keeps you motivated in this space? I know that there are a lot of things. I know that there's so many things that keep your mind racing with the ideas. But what can you point to as certain things that always keep you motivated to work harder and to grow this foundation into more?
1: Um, you will get tired on the journey. Oh, Yes. You will get tired on the journey. Um, There will be moments where you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. How did I get here? Why did I start this? Should I just bow out gracefully? Um, The motivation is always my son first. Mm -hmm. Because I don't ever want him to say, but mom, you gave up. Mm -hmm. I, I, when I was pregnant with him, I did not, when I was initially pregnant with him and I found out I was not a licensed MSW. Mm-hmm. Um, I had taken an exam once and I had failed and it was devastating because I'm not a great test taker and I struggle with that. Um, and I had thought that I had studied enough and was on it enough that I would pass that exam and I did not. So I, had, I when I took it again, I was pregnant with him because I said, I can, if I'm going to have this child, he needs to know that you have to keep pushing forward. You may fall down, you may mess up, but you have to get back up and start fresh. And so for me, the motivation is keep pushing, right? Um, Because I want him to always know that that's what he has to do. I told him this morning, I have a job because you got to eat. So your job is to go to school. Right, mm. and he knows that that's his job. We've talked about this since he was three years old school is your job because one day I won't be here, and you have to be self sufficient. So that means you have to finish school and then find some kind of type of employment, whether it's a job or a career, to sustain your life, just like you have to learn how to cook and wash your clothes. You know, so these are things the conversations that I'm having with my seven year old because he needs to understand that. And so for me, He's definitely my motivation to keep going, to keep living um, every single day. And then my, my, my business besties, Ty and Corey. So Ty, as everybody knows, is the proprietor of a NYC Kid and Corey, who is her and her mom own and Corey manages Sisters Uptown Bookstore. And so they are my motivation. I see Ty posting and creating those reels and I'm like, dang, I got to get my stuff together. (laughs) Like, Oh man. I mean, even sometimes I called her one day, I was like, can we sit down? So I can figure out how to, you know, do a good reel. Uh And then, you know, I put something out there she was like, that was a good one, sis, you know? And so you need that because you get tired on the journey. Yeah. And so, you know, nobody understands it better than somebody who's in it and who's doing it. And so, um, Ty and Corey, keep me on my P's and Q's. Corey will call me, no, sis, you need to fix that. That's not working. Or you you made a mistake. We need to figure that out. Or this is what you need to do, right? And so they are the motivation that I need and that push sometimes, you know, Ty is like, you know, we got to jump out of our shell and go to another event. We got to figure out how to talk to folks and let them know who we are. And so we have those conversations and I appreciate those conversations because they allow me to be a better entrepreneur, a better, you know, spokesperson for the brand. And so, um, you know, it's really important to have that. And at the end of the day, my mom, you know, is, is like, I know. I know how you feel. I know it's hard, but you got to do it. You got to keep going. And I appreciate that because some people don't have their parents to push them. And I'm thankful. I watched several parents lose their mothers and their fathers. And it's always devastating to me because I'm like, I can't understand that. If my mom was not, I I don't understand that, you know? And so um, I'm always in awe of what steps my mother takes to pursue her next goal to achieve her next thing to make herself a better mother you know on like she just does so many different things you know she's a retired um she's retired from military service um you know she's still in nursing she's you know considering going back to school again and i'm like geez, now I got to figure that out. (laughs) Right. Like I got to figure this out. Right. Um, but I also understand that my son is seven and I have a responsibility to make sure that his education is intact before I go and tackle that next goal. But my mom is a force, you know? Um, and so the motivation to do better is all around me. Always, you know, there are people that I have not named and I won't try to name them all, but my circle is doing beautiful, rich things. And it's like nobody's trying to one up each other, everybody's just trying to make each other better. And I think that's the blessing in it. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like there will ever be a point where you will not be as motivated as you are now? Hmm. <sighs> hmm. Gotcha with that one, because I'll even you know I'll I'll even draw myself right. So when I first started, the show was Denzel talks about the week. That was basically the show idea. Okay, so this is what happened Saturday through Sunday through Saturday, and though my show is gonna come out on Sunday and it's gonna tell you about the whole week or what I wanted to talk about from the week, but then I started getting like overwhelmed with that because it's just me writing researching. And then I realized I was like, okay, I'm losing the motivation for it because it's becoming too hard. But Mm -hmm. then I started getting guests and I and I under I like started to figure out, like, I really like just the conversations between the between myself and the guest. That's what I really like more than me just recapping the week or telling you what happened last week. Mm -hmm. So at the time where I felt like I was about to lose the motivation to say, damn, you know, I'm hitting my head against the wall. Something else came to me and it allowed me to pivot. Mm. Now that I understand this new way that I want to do my show, then I feel like, okay, the motivation won't go no more because I understand what I really want to do. Absolutely. The only other time now I feel like that my motivation will slip is if I look at my bank account and I see a bunch of zeros. Mm. Until that day comes, though, we out here and we getting it. So I want to know from another entrepreneur, do you ever feel like there will be a time that you're not as gung-ho for the cause as you are right now
1: there are moments and that's just life right things mm-hmm. ebb and flow and like you said you have to pivot um there was one point where zoom fatigue got real real for me and I was like I don't yes. want to talk to nobody today <laughs> Ah, yes I'm tired of posting yes I don't know if it's making a difference. I don't know if anybody's listening. I don't know if anybody cares about what I have to say. Rakea Speaks, what's she talking about now? Who cares, right? Um, I think that's where the new ideas pop in, right? And how do, we, how do we do something else that's meaningful? It's never about me. This is not about me. Everything that I'm doing is to benefit somebody else. You know, whether it's my son, the community, it's for somebody else's benefit. All of the things that have happened to me are for somebody else's benefit. There's purpose in my pain. This has been a painful journey. It continues to be a painful journey. because, And I understand that, that oh my gosh, why did I do this? Why did I start this? You know, um, even in getting this gala together, there have been moments where I'm like, maybe we should just cancel it. But something happens and it's like, nope, there's a reason for this. I got to keep going. And so I really feel like when those moments happen, you have to sit down in a quiet space, reflect and reevaluate and then move forward. Um, And they happen often especially when you got a lot on your plate. Like, yes, Verkia Speaks is high priority, but I I still have a nine to five. I still am somebody's mother. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm an auntie. I'm a godmom, And I have so many roles, you know, but I also have to protect my health, whether it's physical or mental. And sometimes I have to take a break, you know, and that's okay. And it's okay to feel like, I need to take a break. Today is not the day. You know, um, with lupus, I never know what, what my day is going to bring, you know. So I'm always being mindful <laughs> of that kind of thing. But yes, it does get difficult and you have to rethink, reevaluate, and move forward.
0: That's right. That's right. I 100% agree because, you know, when you, we all, in this space, we're new at it, right? So in the beginning, it's like so fun and exciting, but after a while, then it starts to get a little monotonous, mundane, boring. And you you sit and then you're wondering, you know, huh? Did I I be thinking sometimes, even me still, I'd be like,
1: Why am man, I doing this? like why am I
0: doing this? You know what I mean? Like, I want to throw this microphone out the window right now. Like, I'm sure it
1: costs a lot of money. Don't do that.
0: I want to just <laughs> I wanna just launch it, you know. But what I found every time and every moment that I've gotten to the point where I feel like I want to stop or, you know, this is more trouble than it's worth. Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way something happens. I don't know. It gotta be God. That's the only thing I could wrap my mind around. So one, uh, I feel like quitting one day, you know what? I'm going to go on the show and say, this is my last episode (laughs) and that's it. Right. Somebody will, I'll get a message on my phone. Yo, I just discovered your show. Oh, My God, it's so good! I had such a great time listening. Can't wait to hear the next one. And you just be like, "Damn, well, I can't, I can't <clears throat> stop now." Yeah, I just, I just had it in my head to quit. You came and ruined it with this positivity, right? Or, Absolutely. You know, I'll be like, "All right, I'm this week is the week I'm quitting." I go, somebody goes on my website and buys a bunch of sweaters or something, or, or you know, just patronizes the product. Yeah. Oh. That, well Now I can't quit for another month. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's this song called, um, it goes, I just can't give up now. Um, he's brought me so, um, now I can't, I, it won't come. The words won't come. I just can't give up now. I've come so far where he's brought me from. Basically. It's just saying like, God has brought you through all these things. You can't give up now, Yeah, you know, and that's why I continue to say like, this is not for me. He gave this to me to help somebody else. Like I said, all those people who hit me up and say, "Hey, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it." You know, um, that's when you realize that it's not for nothing. Right. It's a whole lot of something coming out of it. So somebody's gonna hear it. It may touch just one person, but that one person needed it. Needed it, and you never know how you're saving their life in that moment. That's right.
0: So, Burke, I'm sure people look to you as a role model or as an influential figure. Um, do you have anyone that you see as an impactful influence on your life? Has there been any person who has been just a role model or one of the perfect people, just in how they live or what they do, that you really get inspired
1: from? So, there's no perfect person, That's everybody's right. got flaws. That's true. Um, so, there. I have mentors, just like any other young person. I have mentors. Um, it's so funny because one of my mentors, her birthday is today. Shout out to Janelle! Hi. Um, Happy
0: birthday, Janelle!
1: I met her in college, my freshman year, and um, we talk like girlfriends now. Like we did it when I was younger, but now that I've grown up and I'm going through some stuff, we have really rich conversations, and I really appreciate that she's allowed me. To grow and have conversations woman to woman, and not just you know, I'm the older person I know better, you're the younger person um and so I'm grateful for the relationships that have been nothing's by accident, you know, um, and so she definitely has been a part of my life for the better of twenty years now, like. Lord have mercy. I graduated from undergrad in 2001, but I knew her at least two years prior to graduation. So, you know, it's a blessing to have those people in your life. And then my Auntie Stacy, I might get a little emotional here. So, um, my Auntie Stacy was one of those, you know, my mom's good friend, church aunts that I could go to, no judgment, will talk to me. You could say pretty much anything. And had your best interest at heart, wanted to make sure you were safe. Um, She had cancer very, very young. And it was probably one of the most difficult things I've had to witness thus far in my life. Um, But one of the things that she said to me prior, prior to her passing was, you need to go back to school. I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to school. I gotta go. Why got to so go for why more school, right? <laughs> um, she said, and I was considering it. it not, not that I wasn't considering, but I was considering. It. And she said to me, I, I actually was like, well, I'm considering, you know, getting a degree that will allow me to be a guidance counselor. And she said, don't go get a counseling degree because that's too specific you're going to pigeonhole yourself she said get a social work degree with that degree you could do a whole lot of things right had no idea what I was getting into um and when she passed that was our last conversation and graduating with my master's was one of the most difficult days of my life because I knew that it was because of that conversation that I was where I was um I sometimes wonder what she thinks of my life right now. I sometimes miss the conversation, but God didn't leave me, you know, with nobody to talk to, right? I still have Janelle. I've got more church aunties. I've got good girlfriends. And they all continue to be, you know, sounding boards for all of the things that I'm going through. And they impact me in their own various different ways. Um, and I think. It's always you're going to see something in somebody who's going to be like, dang, if you did that, then I could do this. You know, Um, and I, I think we look to famous people to be role models and all of that stuff. I don't do that. And don't get me wrong. There are some people who are famous that I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. I love it. I could do that, too. Right. But it's those local community folks that are the ones who are pushing you, you know, um, one of my teachers who are actually one of our scholarships is named after Miss Lloyd Blackman. Oh God. I met her when I was in eighth grade. She was my eighth grade English teacher and she's still supporting me to this day, you know? And so that's, to me, those are the people who are important. Those are the people who have impacted and influenced my life and my mom, of course, you know, um, and my grandmother. It, it's like all these, those, those people who raised you up, who made sure you, you have become who you are. Those are the people who have impacted my life. You know, they, they wanted to make sure that I was a productive part of society. They corrected me when I was wrong. And my goal is to give the, that to the next generation you know, I'm surrounded by young people. I've been working with young people since I was a young person. Some of my oldest young people are in their, oh, thirties, late thirties now.
0: (laughs) I knew it hurt you to say that.
1: (laughs) Cause it, it, (laughs) yeah. my God, (laughs) you know, they've got families and, and children and But they grown folks, you know, (laughs) So it's like and and I'm treating them the way Janelle treats me. We hang out. We have conversations. Actually, today I'm going to meet one of my mentees um, because she she texts me. I need I need a moment. When are you free? And I was like, no problem. Let's hang out.
0: Do you feel like there is extra pressure on you that you're in a and that you have become such an influential figure to people? Like, do you feel like there is an uh, additional layer of pressure that I have to be a certain way, I have to say certain things because people look to me in a role model
1: S role or role model S person? (sighs) Decorum is always important, right? So every environment requires something different. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be hot honest, open, and transparent. I am who I am. That's it. I'm going to be honest with you. Listen, when things were a little rough in my personal life, I told my mentee, listen, it's tough right now, you know? Um, but you have to, of course, She's old enough to have that conversation with now. She's now in her twenties. Would I have that conversation necessarily with one of my mentees who are in high school? Probably not, right? But you have to have appropriate conversation. There's a time and a place for everything. And my grandmother was a first lady of a church, right? So first lady ain't play. Where you going? Why you dressed like that? That's not okay. You need to change your clothes, right? Um, My grandmother was definitely. You ain't got no slip-on under that thing? <laughs> Let's be clear. Okay. So, you know, I when I think about, I it's so funny because you're asking this question, and I, I'm sure it goes through my mind every single day. Like when I'm getting dressed in the morning, where am I going? What am I wearing? I just had this conversation with Ty and Jay on, when we saw each other at the um, event. I was like I need to get some sporty decent clothing for Saturday cuz I never know who I'm going to run into. So I'm I've become more conscious about, you know, my weekend clothes <laughs> because listen, I'm very much that person who dresses according to how they feel. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like crap, I'm going to throw on whatever is you know but also because we were in the pandemic and i definitely was wearing a lot of sports clothes all the time i need to like replenish my wardrobe because things have of course worn out and just you know needed to go in the trash so yes there are things i'm more conscious about now um one of my board members joshua i am waiting for him to go into his career of um speech writing <laughs> because He is the person whom I send, you know, I'm learning to write speeches out now sometimes. Like I do this thing called in the moment, like I did this morning, you know, a a specific topic, I'll jump, I'll record something really quickly and post it. But there are times that require me to actually write down a speech. So like I'm starting to do those things as well. So, I mean, in some ways it has changed in some ways. I don't know if I would say pressure, but it just makes you more conscious so, yeah.
0: I've, I've had a situation where um, some young people have listened to the show mm. and they're like, oh, you know, I really like the show. I really like listening to it. And at first you're like, great. Awesome. I'm glad you I'm glad it's connecting with you. But then sometimes I have the thoughts like, well, dang, I don't know if I can when this guest comes on, I don't know if I want to say this thing. Or I don't know if I want to say that thing. or I don't know if I'm, when I'm writing my blog, I want to use this language because <laughs> there are a lot of people who are young who are consuming this. And mm-hmm. I, you do have to have a responsibility to the to the audience, whether they're an older audience or a younger audience. But like a great piece of advice that I got. They told me, they said the reason why they like you is because you're being yourself. Uh huh. Right. They, the reason why they're listening to you or reading your stuff or even motivated enough to tell you how good they think you are is because you're being yourself. The moment you stop being yourself is when you're going to lose all of them. And so that's, don't. Yeah. So don't worry I, about that. Worry exactly, about staying true.
1: Exactly. And I think with young people, um, that's what they're looking for. Somebody who's being genuine. That's it. You know, I had a moment. So my first lady of my church follows me on Instagram, Facebook, you know, and there was an incident that took place this past summer where I was called a bitch
0: Mm.
1: and I wanted to speak on it on Instagram. And I did. And I I said, excuse the language because I gave up, you know, a disclaimer, excuse the language because that's not generally not unless I'm really, really angry. I'm not necessarily cursing, Um, you know, and I'm conscious and cognizant of that. But I was like, excuse the language. I do want to talk about this. This was a thing that happened and I need it needs to be a conversation. So, yeah, I think it's I think they're just looking for genuine people. Nobody wants somebody faking for me.
0: Right. Who who coming on like a robot, like who wants to listen to that? Who wants to read something that's extra PG, you know, like because you're worried about how it's going to land. I think Right. why I like writing and why I like this this platform so much is like because it's free-flowing. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't feel like you don't have to be under the constraints. That's why I wanted to start a podcast, because when I was in my corporate job, when I used to work my corporate job, there was just so much. It was basically you got a handbook, an employee handbook, and the book was about this big. Yep. And it was just all the things you couldn't and do. Not to, exactly. All the things you couldn't say, all mm-hmm. the things you couldn't wear, and Absolutely. it was just so. I just felt like so restricted. You wanted when to I be got, free. When I got the pod, I was like, Yo, I got my First Amendment. What's good, like?
1: And I think <laughs> I think that's important to note, right? Like, I have my nine to five. It's very restrictive. Um, there's a lot of red tape, and with the with the nonprofit, I'm doing an effect and affecting change in the way that I feel is important. And so that's, that's wonderful to note. I think it's important. Yeah.
0: And Ms. Burkia, my last of my serious questions, my, my New York times level interview, you know, my last of those (laughs) is how can we leave a path for the future generation of creators and people, you know, my opinion is always be authentic, true to self, and always make time for them. You know, I, every time a young person shows interest in podcasting or in writing, I always make sure that I could, like, just give them, like, a paragraph or something. Just so, like, because I was them once. You know, I was in mm-hmm. high school once, and I always was talking. I was mm-hmm. in work the job, and they told you, shut up and do your job, you know, without saying those words. You know, I've been that guy trying to figure out who I am or try to figure out what my purpose is. Mm. I've been that person. And so if a young person comes to me and asks me for advice or just you know wants to hear a little bit of my ex- about my experience, I feel like I owe that to them as someone who has gone through that or someone yeah. who is an older adult, you know, not that old, but an older <laughs> person to them, you know, and I feel like we need to do that because we need to let people know that it's OK to be them and let people know that it's OK that you don't have it figured out right now or that. You should work hard because working hard brings good things back to you and things like that. So, I always try my best to just give out great information or just yo, you want to talk? What's good? What's going on? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. You know, oh, you started a podcast too? Okay, cool. What's it what's the name? What's your angles, you know? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about that? Just to keep that healthy dialogue cuz I never want to be that old person. I see it a lot too and it it bothers me. Those older generation people who say, "Well, Back in my day, I didn't do that, or when I was a kid, I didn't do this, and you kids today mm. have it so good, and you don't know what I went through. And it's like that's who does that help? Like is that a ego, is that an ego boost for yourself? Like I just Nobody. feel like the job as an older person, when you get older, you get wisdom. You can't take it with you. You can't take the game with you to the grave. You got to give it away. So for yeah. me, yeah. I always just try to give all the information I know away.
1: I would say a couple of things to your point. Um, And it's not just older people who aren't willing to share information. Let's start there. So one thing I had to learn in starting my entrepreneurship is that there are some people who are not willing to share. Mm -hmm. They just don't. They and everybody wants you to. And don't get me wrong. If you have a business, yes, people should pay for your services. But there's no harm in pointing somebody in the right direction. Right. You know? Um, And so with young people, being a mentor is important. Mentorship is important. And I I wholeheartedly believe in mentorship because that's what I got. So I try to give that back. Now, as a mentor, I'm not running you down to find out what you're doing. (laughs) That's not going to happen because that's not how that works. right? Right. But as a mentor... You know, being open and available for somebody to to say, "Listen, I have this question. I want to talk to you." Make yourself available. If somebody asks question, needs a question answer, whether they're your peer or not, sure. How can I help? Right? Being willing to help and being open is important. That's community. We have to create that community. So um, I'm always putting myself in position to be in to be a mentor if possible now and everybody is not going to click right and i may not have the information that you need either so it's my duty to find it out how can i who can i how can i point you in the right direction that's it you know and i think that's important and it is just it's not just about the next generation sometimes it's about your peers as well so yeah
0: yeah, and I, and I like young people because they keep you young. My, my grandmom told me that. She's like, when you stay around young people, it keep you young. It keep you aware of what's going on right now because they know all the things that's going on right now. <laughs> if you need help with TikTok, which I do, uh, <laughs> then you need to get some young people around you because that's they, like, you know, I've they'll seen, help. I've seen five-year-olds, four-year-olds, three-year-olds, work a cell phone like they were apple like they made yeah it. yeah. like and they'd be like yeah you, all you got to do is go into the settings and press this, this 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 and now your phone does all of this and i'm just like well, what like
1: huh how do you know that yeah. like
0: so and then when i was a kid i remember that as well like i remember like if you just plugged in the dvd player your parents thought you were like you know an electrician or something and right. you didn't think of it like that because it was right. so simple for you now as i'm getting older i see okay there is real value to this Mm -hmm. i have a lot of experience they have a lot of new experience right so we just need to be working together i never want to be that guy who's oh get away from me or get off my lawn or whatever because yeah yeah that's that defeats so like if we work together we could accomplish so much so much
1: more Mm -hmm. community
0: yeah we we need that community
1: (laughs) we need that (laughs) the village mentality
0: that's right that's right we definitely need to keep more of that in the hood and everywhere. Not just yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And Berkia, one thing I do every episode is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. And it's a great way to break up, you know, our traditional Oprah, you know, style of (laughs) interview, you know. (laughs) Some fun
1: stuff. (laughs) Right, it's a good
0: way to introduce another layer of fun into the show. So what I would like is for you to answer some of the questions from the listeners, and so they can learn a little bit more about Verkia and Verkia Speaks, Inc. All right, so... My first question for you, from the listeners, is: Uh-oh, this might get you in some trouble. <laughs> what are your most controversial food opinions? I, I let me let me let me relax for this
1: one. Oh my god! Okay, so my friends say I don't like anything. <laughs> That's number <laughs> one. They like you don't eat anything. I'm like, I do. I just <laughs> I don't like. Squishy, mushy food. So, a big one that I get in trouble with. So, I like Mexican food.
0: Yes, I'm with you on that.
1: But I don't like cilantro.
0: I'm double with you on that because I do not like cilantro at all. I
1: am that I'm one of those people where cilantro tastes like soap. I don't like it.
0: Yes, I'm and I don't
1: like avocado either.
0: Okay, now you lost me.
1: So I told you it was controversial. I don't like avocado. I will eat guacamole, but I I it's weird. Sliced avocado is weird in my mouth. And for a long time I didn't eat avocado either. I only started eating it because something about um guacamole like I for a long time I didn't eat guacamole, I wouldn't touch avocado, but something about guacamole when I was pregnant my body was craving it. So I was mm. eating it a lot. When my son was born, I stopped eating it for a while. And then he likes guacamole. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started eating it again. He also likes hummus, which is something else that I don't yes. like. Yes. I like that. i wish your son. I like that. Yeah. So guacamole, avocado is like a huge... People are just looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. So, you can't, so
0: you won't be having a piece of avocado toast for breakfast or putting a little piece of avocado on like a hamburger or something or a sandwich?
1: No, no. Mm -mm.
0: (laughs) So, then, (laughs) so then, all right, bet. So, guacamole is like 90% avocado. What is it about that that you can eat it? The chips.
1: Chips. I'm sorry. I love tortilla chips. I go to so before Blockheads closed, like Blockheads was one of our spots. R.I.P.
0: R.I.P. Blockheads. R.I.P.
1: But I would go to Blockheads and I would order chips because you know they give you chips and salsa. I would just eat the chips and everybody else is eating chips and salsa, and I'm just eating chips. I love. I love tortilla chips. But keep the rest of the stuff.
0: Well, see, we learned something new. So if I go out with Verkia, and we order something for the table, uh, extra order of chips. Order of chips, because I'm going to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So my next question for you, Verkia, from the listeners is, what was the most important thing you have learned during or after the pandemic?
1: The most important thing I learned is that it's okay not to be okay. Mm. And I say that because my anxiety was through the roof during the pandemic. Um and actually that particular line it's okay not to be okay is um the last line of my current book Entangled. Mm. Um because that particular character had gone through so many different things and you know I really feel like we need to We need to allow people to to be vulnerable, to say that they're not okay, to ask for help. There's no shame in asking for help, but we make people feel so bad for, why I need to help you with this? Oh, you need to borrow this? Why? You can't get it together. Don't you get your paycheck? What you did with your money? Oh, what's the matter with you? you? You don't know how to take care of yourself. You know, like, it's okay to ask for help. You know, and I, I still struggle with that because the mentality for so long is I could do it by myself, but it's okay to ask for help. And um, there were moments where I had to call my friends and be like, I'm struggling today, you know, and I think if we give people the openness to say, hey, if there's something going on, let me know I'm here, you know, just like my mentee hit me up. I need a chat. Are you free? Can we hook up? And so um, that's giving people that, that openness to say, you know what? Something is not right. Or I need some help today. You know, sometimes help will come without you asking because God knows what you need. Right. Yeah. But sometimes you have to ask for that help. And I think people need to know it's okay not to be okay. And there's help out there. And there's no shame in asking for it.
0: 100% see you you just can't help dropping the jewels you just can't help you like a bad th- you like a bad thief you just keep dropping the jewels you can't help yourself
1: oh my gosh <laughs> I, I just I always tell people you know I'm only sharing the things that I've experienced and what I know that's right you you, you live you have to you know it's a testimony But you don't you can't have one if you don't go through some tests and trials and tribulations.
0: That's very true. And I appreciate you for bringing all this great information to the show. And I hope a lot of people get a lot of great things from it.
1: Me too.
0: All right. And my final question for you, Verkia, from the listeners is if (laughs) you ever got arrested, what would your family and friends assume that you did to land yourself in jail?
1: I'm going to make this very specific to my parents Uh-oh. <laughs> because I actually asked them the question. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom said, I, I probably would have gotten arrested for trying to fight somebody and punch them in their face because they were trying to hurt my kid.
0: Okay. Well, Which I'm out. I- I- <laughs>
1: That's, Which I agree. That's right?
0: every mom. My mama <laughs> I, still would do that. That's somebody not other true.
1: You. That's not true. Every listen in the field that I'm in, I've uh-huh. had to learn that every mom is not the same. Okay. So what we think that all mothers will do is not necessarily true. There are people who do some egregious things to mm. their own children. Mm. Um, so let's just—I just, just want to keep that in perspective. Um, and then my dad said. You couldn't stop running your mouth, <laughs> and I could believe that to be true because if a, if an officer came to me and said something, I'm gonna be what are you talking about? No, that's not, and I could see that getting me into a lot of trouble, so yeah, it's okay. happened, it's, it's happened hot? in the sense of I got so I did get um suspended from high school uh-huh. in the 11th grade because my principal came into the lunchroom in the morning before school started and she was like, you know you're not supposed to have those headphones. And I kind of forgot that I had the headphones on because the music wasn't playing that we had um tape decks then, right? It wasn't CDs yet, not really. Um, and, but the music wasn't playing. So I forgot I had the headphones on and she was, I was trying to explain to her, like, you know, I forgot. I wasn't thinking I'm trying to eat my breakfast and go, you know, get to school and everything. And she, she was just upset that I was answering her back. Cause you know, old school folk, you don't talk back. So she sent me to the guidance counselor and I got suspended. And when they called my mother, the guidance counselor called my mother, my mom said, what did she do? And when the guidance counselor told my mother what I did she said send her home because one thing my mother always told me you have to know your children and you have to know what they are and are not capable of and my mouth will always get me in trouble so yes
0: Hey, all right so if we walk into the street and somebody come up to Verkia i am be like listen Verkia I'm going whisper in your ear
1: you be quiet
0: a, you have a right to remain
1: silent
0: You don't want to have to call nobody and say we gotta give Rakia out, okay?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would be problematic.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, so look, sometimes you just gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them.
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: (laughs) We don't want we don't want to
0: see, we don't want to hear no we don't want to hear no bad news, okay? We don't want to see you. We don't want to see you like this. And
1: handcuffs, yeah. I'm too scary anyway, so I don't... You know, I always tell people I can't go to jail. I don't even want to go to a holding cell. <laughs> it's too scary for me. I no feel thanks.
0: you. I feel you. <laughs> N- none of us belong up in there.
1: No, not at all.
0: <laughs> all right. And, Rakia, one of my final questions for you is, what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with today as a piece of advice? a life jewel, or just something very important that you would like to express before we wrap it up and tie a beautiful bow over this Christmas present of a podcast we've had today?
1: Um, so this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And so I've experienced different challenges with my mental health during the pandemic, pre-pandemic. Um, I just want to remind people, like I said earlier, it's okay to ask for help. There's no shame in that um take away the stigma if you know somebody is going through something ask how how you can help um some people just need to be pointed in the right direction for mental health services whether it's therapy or medication management um if you know somebody who is going through a mental health illness don't don't make them feel worse about what they're going through um, you know, we all have, are in various stages of mental health crises, right? Some of us have what we call the blues, like we wake up and we're not having a bad day. Some of us need, um, therapy, right? Some of us have just had children are going through postpartum depression. Um, some people are not in the best position to have children. So it's making them depressed. You know, people are in various stages of mental health. And so, um, I just want to remind people to take care of yourself the best way you can. Your mental health will impact your physical health. Your physical health will impact your mental health. And um, one is not more important than the other. So, you know, just take care of yourself the best way you can. Find different outlets, whether it's listening to music, deep breathing. Those are some basic things we could do. But then, like I said, you know, the things that we, we, we stigmatize, we going for therapy or, you know, being on medication, but some people need it and that's how they get through life. Some people have to be hospitalized. And so, you know, just respect that everybody has tough times and we've all been there in some capacity, some way, shape or form, whether it was personally or with somebody that we've known or on a professional level, if that's our job. So um, just give people the respect and the openness to say, I need help. And, and try to help them as best as you can. Check on your strong friends, <laughs> as they say, right? Check on your strong friends. There's, there's so much going on in the world, especially since we've been in this pandemic. People have experienced a lot of loss and sadness for various different reasons. And so just try to create that community and be there for one another.
0: Yes, yes. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. I appreciate all the jewels that you have dropped today, Ms. Verkia, so much. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that we just happened to sit next to each other. Right? <laughs> you
1: know? right?
0: This is the makings of a beautiful friendship. A relationship.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I
0: yes. hope to see you
1: at the gala. Get dressed yes. up. Yes. Get that good outfit on. Get picture ready. I'm really excited about that. I hope everybody comes out. You could, um, find me on Instagram, Verkia underscore speaks. You can find me on Facebook, Verkia Speaks. Also on Instagram, my book page, Hall of Book Girl. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Verkia Speaks. And you can definitely tap into our website, VerkiaSpeaksWithAnS.com. Um, we are so excited to welcome you all to our gala on June 4th. Join us, have some fun have a couple of libations, get your dance on. Everybody who knows me knows I love to dance and I'm excited about that. We will be taking some fabulous photos, get your makeup on, find that good dress, get those dancer shoes, bring the the, the slippers, the chancletas for after because you know them (laughs) heels. Ain't nobody trying to be in heels all night long. So, you know, If you want to wear your good sneakers with your tux, I'm good with that. Everybody knows I'm, I'm whatever makes you feel comfortable and makes you, you bring that. That's what we're looking for. So thank you so much, Denzel, for this opportunity.
0: Yes, no problem. Thank you. And also, before you go, tell everyone what the name of the gala event is.
1: It's called An Evening with the Stars because our young people and Miss Melba are going to be our stars for the evening. And we also want all of our guests to shine bright on our red carpet. So definitely come out and join us for An Evening with the Stars.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Berkia. I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate this great conversation we've had today. And I wish you nothing but success in the future. Nothing but success. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Denzel.
0: All right. And lastly, it is tradition around here on the Bronx Spies podcast that we allow our guest to choose a song that we play for the end of our show. So, Ms. Verkia, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play?
1: We're going to play Sunflower because my son loves Spider-Man and Into the Verse. He loves that song. And and also my auntie Stacy, she loves Sunflower, so it's an appropriate song.
0: All right. All right. Thank you so much once again, Verkia, for coming on the show. I wish you nothing but the best in the future. And keep doing all the great things that you're doing out here. Thank you. Round of applause for my guest, Verkia Holman-Davis round of applause and that guys will wrap it up episode number 96 of the bronx bias podcast is in the book's I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say a special, special, special thank you to my guest, Verkia Holman Davis. I really, really appreciate you coming on and having this great conversation with me today. I'm very thankful that we got sat next to each other at this random event, (laughs) so that way we can have a conversation there and turn into a conversation on here. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports Thank you to everyone who is active and engaged with me on the social media platforms. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase and the brand new Bronx Bias blog. The site where that can be found is BronxBiasPod.com. Come check it out. Come mess with me on there. I've got hoodies. I've got T-shirts, tote bags, masks, and stickers. The blog is a space where I will talk about things that I can't discuss on the show that I had to cut out because of the time constraints of the show. And also, if you are a writer and, and or artist of any kind and you would like to somewhere that you can publish your work, the Bronx Bias blog can be available to you. You can hit me up via DM or fill out the contact form on my website to get in contact with me. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song today, which is my guest, Verkia's Choice. And it is called Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee off of the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. And this has been the Bronx bias podcast episode 96 have a great week have a great weekend out there be safe and i'll speak to you guys next week we are out